to the second and the last day of our seminar on Canto 1 Overview of Srimad Bhagavatam. We finished first nine chapters yesterday and today we will start with chapter 10. And so here we have Yudhisthira's rule he, as a king. He made sure that the clouds were showering water that the people needed. Not like our king here, um, he, he does not have that power. But if you're Krishna conscious, then the clouds will cooperate with you. And here we have the clouds, it's raining, at the same time the sun is shining, very auspicious. And uh, the cows are happy. The rivers, the oceans, the hills, the mountains, the forests, the creepers, uh, we're all paying their tax to the king. We have fruit here growing from the trees. So it was a very wonderful place to live. And there was not excessive heat and cold. So, but the problem was, uh, everyone was feeling very heartbroken because Krishna was now leaving us to work. I'll read verse 13. Their hearts were all melting in the pot of attraction. Their eyes were unblinking as they watched his every action. They moved hither and thither in perplexity, for he is the center of all prosperity. So again, the lesson here, we're having lessons for every picture, and I'll ask you what the lesson is, but here I won't ask you because it's the last end of the chat, of end of this picture of the lesson is. But wherever Krishna is, there is all auspiciousness. If Krishna should leave, everything is inauspicious. And in the next part, hmm, not going down. The next part of this uh, chapter, Krishna's creation, the ladies are up on the roof and they're discussing, they're describing the glories of Krishna. And the lesson here is that as the ladies glorify Krishna, so we can also glorify Krishna and be with him, associate with him, if we remember Krishna. So then Krishna and Dwaraka here, now he's coming, they're talking, he didn't go to Dwaraka yet, but the ladies are saying, how fortunate are the people of Dwarka that they will see Krishna now. The wives are so fortunate. And then Krishna starts on his journey, and people from every village come to see him, and all the people from come out of the city of Dwarka and follow him, and he finally tells them to go back. So, what was the lesson here in this chapter, uh, in this picture? Anybody remember? If we remember Krishna, we will be with him. If we remember Krishna, if we talk about him, then we'll be with him. Good. Mm. Okay. My, that is not working. Chapter 11. Krishna enters Dwarva. Now everybody's having a festival, everybody's happy. They're dancing, they're running to see Krishna, they're bringing presents, and Krishna is reciprocating with them. I read verse 9. When you go away, O Lord, though decide, by a million fold each moment's magnifying, our eyes become useless as if there's no sun, and out of Dorica you have 
fun. So this is the here he's reciprocating with his devotees, embracing Balaram, embracing his friends, and offering respects to the elders. Back to Dwarka, Krishna goes. So here everything is auspicious because Krishna has come. Everything is good. Now, the second part of this picture, Krishna meets his mothers. Here in this chapter, you see all the mothers meeting Krishna and worshiping him. And this part, Krishna meets his wives, and they send their children to embrace Krishna first. And they're so beautiful, but they could not attract Krishna by their beauty. But how do they attract Krishna? By their pure emotional service to him. Now here we have the birth of Maharaj Pariksha, again describing Yudhisthira's devotional rule. And here Krishna saves Pariksha in the womb and Pariksha's birth. Over here all the stars are in the auspicious position for his birth. And the Pandavas Yudhisthira asked, about this child, and they said he will be a great devotee, Mahabhagavat, with all good qualities. So here we have Purusha's glorious future. He will be like Ram in truthfulness. There's King Shivi, he will be like King Shivi in charity, giving his own flesh. He will be like a lion, strong as a lion, strong as Himalayas, tolerant as Himalayas. Will be like Bali Maharaj, but at the end of his life, he will renounce everything and go to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And at the time of death, he will go back to Godhead. So I'll read verse 23. He entered the city with his wives and entourage. Oh, that's Krishna's. Sorry about that. Um, wrong chapter. Chapter 12. Verse 23. He will be, his will be Brahma's equanimity of mind, like Lord Shiva. He will be magnificent and kind, the shelter of everyone, like Lord Narayan. These are predictions which you can rely on. So he's compared to all the great kings, astrologers are telling his auspicious future. Then Yudhisthira performs horse sacrifice after that. And uh, Krishna said goodbye to Yudhisthira. Uh, so we go to chapter 13 uh, about Dhritarashtra, quit song. So Vidura comes back after hearing from Maitreya, and the third and fourth cantos of Srimabhavatam are Vidura hearing from Maitreya. So Vidura returns and everyone is hurrying to meet him. Everybody is so happy to see Vidura back again. Pure devotee. So here are your two questions. Vidura, and he says, you are just like a place of pilgrimage because you carry the Lord Krishna in your heart. And the last part, Vidura preaches to Jitarashtra. Uh, that you should leave home 
and renounce. And this is a lesson here. Before death, before the body starts falling apart, one should renounce material life, take up spiritual life, go out and preach. So I'll read verse 25 from chapter 13. To give up your body, you may be unwilling, like a miser protecting a precious shilling. You're clinging to life at all honor's cost, unmindful that soon all will be lost. So he said, now you're old, you're invalid, you're living in the home of another, you've been blind from your birth, and you have become hard of hearing, your memory is shortened, your intelligence is disturbed, your teeth are falling out, your liver is defective, and you're coughing up mucus. A summary of old age. This is being experienced by Titarasha. So what is the lesson here? Before you leave your body. Before you leave your body. Be detached. Be detached, yes. Good. Um, chapter 13, part 2. Titarasha leaves home. So here we see Titarasha with Kantari and Pitara all leaving home. At the same time, Yudhisthira comes to offer obeisances to his uncle. He finds they're gone. He asks his secretary, Sanjay, where have they gone? Sanjay says, I do not know. I haven't been cheated by those great souls. I do not know where they have gone. So then Narada comes and preaches to Yudhisthira. Um, and Yudhisthira asked, I don't know where my uncle has gone, my two uncles, and Gandhari. So Narada Muni says, you should look to the Lord Krishna only. Stay here as long as the Lord is on the earth. And the lesson that he's trying to tell Yudhisthira is that the Lord is the only protector. You cannot protect. Yudhisthira was thinking, I'm protecting Dhritarashtra. But no. Krishna is the only protector, and that is the lesson that we learn here in this uh, picture. The last section, Dhritarashtra's perfection. So Narada Muni said to Yudhisthira that five days from today, well, uh, he will quit his body by burning in the fire of mystic power, and his hut will burn in Gandharva into the fire. So in that way, Narada is telling Yudhisthira, no use to go after him. You will not be able to find him. He will be just some ashes somewhere. And you can, there's nothing you can do. So that's Narada Muni saved Yudhisthira from going out to search for his uncle. And we do have the lesson here. What was the lesson from Narada Muni that we learned? Uh, what did he say? To Yudhisthira. Um, what is the lesson, actually, that we learned from him? Protection. Yes, yes. Krishna is the only protection. So that chapter 14, we have, the, the title is Disappearance of Lord Krishna. So guess, see if you can guess what the, what will be the lesson here, which we heard so many times already. 
When Krishna leaves? Inauspicious when Krishna leaves. Yes. And we will see so many inauspicious signs. Kali's influence. So Kali is influencing now uh, because Krishna has left the planet. So Arjuna went to Dwarka to see Krishna and Yudhisthira. In the meantime, is is back in Hastinapur, and he's seeing so many inauspicious things happening, and he's wondering what is going on. So here we see a dog, a jackal. This is a jackal. Fire is coming from his mouth. A very inauspicious symptom. I, we don't see those things. Cows crying that we see. Um, the deities in the temple, sometimes they cry, and that's an inauspicious symptom. Owls hooting. And uh, winds coming out. The sun very hot. The ocean disturbed. And this is because um, Krishna has left this planet. And that's what you just hear. He's seeing all these inauspicious symptoms, and then he, he, he comes to the conclusion that Krishna must have left. And that's why we're seeing all these inauspicious things. So Arjuna comes back uh, from Dwaraka, and he's crying, and I will read verses 28 to 29. Huh. So many names I can recall. Is Shibaram, protector of all? Are they happy and living long? What is the news? Is anything wrong? So he's asking all about the families and Dorika Krishna's family. Finally, he asks about Krishna. How is Krishna doing? And uh, is he enjoying with his family, the other dynasty? In the meantime, the other dynasty has destroyed themselves in a fight, and Krishna has left the planet. These things have happened, but Yudhisthira is not aware of it yet. Arjuna is going to tell him, and Yudhisthira asks about Arjuna's welfare. Um, is, are you okay? Is your health okay? Why are you so unhappy? Why are you crying? Um, did somebody neglect you or disrespect you? Or is it that you lost your most intimate friend, Lord Krishna? So chapter 15, we have Arjuna remembers Krishna, and he said, yes, it's true, Krishna has left the planet. So then Krishna's protection, he was remembering all the times that Krishna protected us from demons, from Jarasandha, from when Jopadi was being disrobed in the forest, from Dervasa's anger, from Lord Shiva when I was fighting, from when I fought as a eunuch in Uttara's um, kingdom. There so many times Krishna protected in the battle of Kukshetra, he protected, and when he won Jopadi also. So these are all examples of Krishna's protection. I read verse 
17. Lord Krishna served me as Parthasarthi, although in proper etiquette he did that for me. And by his mercy I was saved from the foe when to get water for my horses I did go. So that's here. And Arjuna's power is lost. He said, now Krishna is gone. I have lost all my powers. My heart is void of everything. And in a second, I lost all my abilities. I am defeated by some coward men while protecting the wives of Krishna. So then we go to the next part, chapter 15. Arjuna, what did he do after feeling so much loss and lamentation? He remembered Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita. So lesson here, when feeling separation from Krishna, remember his instructions, read Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam to be with him again and feel solace in separation from Krishna. Gita and Bhagavatam can help us to feel the presence of Krishna. We hear Krishna talking to us in Bhagavad Gita. We hear Krishna's pastimes in Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's the lesson here. When you feel separation from Krishna when in difficulty, remember his instructions from Bhagavad Gita. So then after Yudhisthira heard Krishna left the planet, he leaves home, goes to the Himalayas, and Jopati and the other Pandavas also leave home. Everybody leaves home. I read verses 47 and 48. By pure consciousness and constant devotion, they achieve Goloka and its nectar ocean. Krishna's place is attained by the pure who desire only Him and nothing more. So, uh, the Draupadi and Subhadra actually did not leave, but they stayed home and became absorbed in thoughts of Krishna and got the same results as their husbands. The husbands, the Pandavas, went back to Godhead in the same body. They went straight. And so did Draupadi and Subhadra. They all went in their same body back to Godhead. What was the lesson then from this picture here? When we are separated from Krishna, we read Gita Bhagavatam to find solace and separation. Yes? Was there any reason why Why didn't they leave home? Yeah, because their husbands didn't take them with them, they just left. And so the husbands left, they didn't care, Prabhupada said they didn't care about Jopani or anything. So there's a whole verse about that in purport where Prabhupada says that um, they, because they were trained in Krishna consciousness, Jopani and Subhadra meditated on Krishna and attained the same perfection. They didn't leave. 
outside of Srimad Bhagavatam, in the Mahabharata. Yeah, Mahabharata says something different. It, it says different that the Pandavas uh, had to die yeah. before they... Mahabharata says something different. So how do we reconcile uh, So how do we reconcile uh, Mahabharata and Bhagavatam? So if you understand what is the highest truth, the highest pramana, it's Srimad Bhagavatam. In the beginning of Bhagavatam it says that we separate, it separates truth from illusion. So according to Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are some parts in Mahabharata which are illusory. One example of a part that is illusory is the um, departure of Krishna, leaving his body. Because Krishna, he doesn't have any material body. Krishna's body is completely spiritual. So Mahabharata says he left the body. And Mahabharata says the Pandavas left, left bodies, but they didn't. According, so we accept Bhagavatam when there is a contradiction between scriptures, then Bhagavatam is the highest um, evidence because it's pure. It's Amalam. Bhagavatam is pure. Okay. So, in the Radha-kund, it is said that there are five trees which represent the five trees at Radha-kund, which were the five Pandavas. So, if Pandavas have already obtained Goloka Nidha, yes. so are they, did they still... So, if Pandavas already went to Goloka, how come they, there were trees at Radha-kund? Um, because you can go, you can expand yourself when you're, um, when you're in your spiritual body, you can expand yourself. So the Pandavas were at the same time in the spiritual world, at the same time expanding themselves at Radha to meditate on the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. Radha there are examples in Krishna book where when Krishna went to visit Shutadev and King Bahulasha, he expanded himself to be at the same time in both places, and the sages also expanded themselves to be at the same time in both places. So even before death it's possible, but after death it's certainly possible for you to expand. Brahma Samhita explains that um, many, some devotees will go back to Godhead to Goloka Vrindavan, some will go to Navadvi in Goloka, and some will go to both places. Some devotees will go to Vrindavan and to Navadri at the same time, back to Godhead. So that is something to look forward to. We can do. We can go to both places if we're equally attached to Lord Chaitanya and Lord Krishna. So chapter 16, entitled "How Krishna Received Asia Kali." So here Krishna meets Kali. He's beating a cow. Uh, but then after that, we hear about Shonaka interrupts and he talks how happy he is hearing Krishna Kata. Sajan Nam Sharanya Shonaka speaks about it. And he says, Here we see the sages, and amongst the sages, there's somebody that looks like a king, that's Yamaraj. So I'll read verses 6 to 8 of chapter. 16. Devotees lick up honey from his lotus feet, 
from mundane stories they turn and retrieve. Desiring life eternal and liberty, some escape death's slaughter and are set free. Yamaraj is here, and if he remains, no one present shall suffer death's pains. Those who must bow to Yamaraj's law should hear all these pastimes we have in store. So here is Yamaraj is here today also. He likes to hear Krishna Kata. So wherever you are speaking Shima Bhagavatam, Yamaraj is coming. Not to take anybody, but to hear Krishna Kata. So that's what the sages say here. And they're, they're saying, they're encouraging everyone to drink the nectar of Krishna Kata, of Srimad Bhagavatam. Human beings, drink this nectar and you will be saved from death. So, Purusha towards his kingdom, Nisaha Kali was coming and infiltrating, and but everywhere he heard the glories of his family at the same time. Oh, so the last thing I forgot to tell you, to be free from death, here Krishna Kata. So now we'll go to the next picture. Dharma questions Bhumi. Dharma is a personified religion in the form of a bull. And he met the personality of Earth Bhumi Devi in the form of a cow. She was crying. He asked, why are you crying? Are you crying for me? Because I have lost my three legs. Are you crying because the women are not protected anymore? Why are you crying? So then she, she tells the answer why she's crying, because Krishna has left. She's feeling separation from Krishna. Before he used to touch the surface of my earth with his footprints. And now I no longer feel that. So who can tolerate this separation? Chapter 17, Punishment and Reward of Kali Parishikan Challenges Kali. He saw that a lower class shooter is beating a cow and a bull. And he challenged him, Why, how do you dare beat an innocent cow? Because Krishna and Arjuna have left, you think nobody's here to protect? Krishna goes and he consoles the cow and the bull. He says, you, you will not lament as long as I am living here as the ruler. So I'll read verse 9 from chapter 17. O Surabhi son, lament no more. No more fear need you endure. I am the king, and here and now I'll protect you and also the cow. So then he asks, who has, who has cut off your three legs? Dharma speaks philosophy. He says, well, there are so many philosophers who say uh, different things, so I'm bewildered. I don't know what to say to you who has cut off my legs. Is it my karma? Some say it's the karma, some say it's the stars, and, but the scriptures say that um, the destination of the perpetrator of irreligious acts is the same as one who points out the fault, one who accuses, one uh, 
he will also suffer the same destination. So this is a lesson here. One who identifies the sinner suffers as does the sinner. Difficult lesson here. Um, if you identify the sinner, you will suffer as does the sinner. So that was Dharma speaking. Now I'll ask you the lesson at the end of this picture because there's no lessons in this picture, but there will be in that one. Purusha pacifies Dharma. So he said, at the age of something, your four legs were there. So here's the lesson. Four legs of religion are cleanliness, mercy, austerity, and truthfulness. Cleanliness, mercy, austerity, and truthfulness. Four legs of religion. So here, Puruksha controls uh, pacifies Dharma. Here we are. Part two. Here he pacifies the bull, and now he controls Kali. Kali surrenders because he was going to kill him. He took out his sword to kill Kali, but Kali surrendered, so he accepted him. Since you surrendered, you have no fear for your life. But you cannot stay in my kingdom. <coughs> and then Greece should reestablish the religion. Prabhupada says he started Harinam Sankirtan. That's how he reestablished religion in the purple. Prabhupada says that. I read verses 43 and then 44. Thus, Greece rules the kingdom with all success, coming in Yudhisthira's family of kings with great prowess. So, what were the two lessons we learned in this picture and the picture before? Yes? Oh, yeah. Well, good. You remembered that one. That was from the previous chapter. Krishna Kata, to become free from death, to go over death. And what else? Yes? The one who identifies the sinner has the same destination. And the third lesson, what are the four pillars of religion? Godliness, mercy, austerity, and truthfulness. Good. Chapter 18, Marsh. Rikshit's qualities. Very interesting thing here, lesson we're going to learn. Why didn't he kill Kali? Because he saw some good things in the age of Kali. And there's a very interesting thing here which I will read. The very day and moment that Krishna departed, that is just when Kali's had been started, Maharaj Pariksha was a realist, knowing in Kali Yuga, good does exist. Pious thoughts are rewarded straight away. Sin must be gross before bad karma holds sway. So what does this mean? 
Good thoughts, if you think something good, you will get the result of that good thought um, in the same way as if you had simply already done the good thing. Uh, and if you do, if you think something bad, you will not get the result. It's a special concession for the age of Kali. Bad thoughts must be physically performed in order to get results. Yes. Sometimes they remind me of the devotees. Sometimes they remind me of the devotees. But we don't physically, right. So that's forgiven because it's the age of Kali. But make sure it doesn't come from subtle to gross. Sometimes, every, usually everything starts from subtle. We think something and then we do it. So, but we are protected here in this age of Kali. Um, that mental bad thoughts are not um, actually punished. As in previous ages they were punished. Bad thoughts were punished. If you thought something, you would get the result, you would get the karma for it. If you thought something. Okay. Um, so that's one lesson. Good thoughts bring immediate results, whereas bad thoughts need to be performed in order to get the result. So again, the sages are interrupting here about appreciating Nectarian Krishna Kata. They, they say that you know, this, this sacrifice is a bunch of smoke and this fair sacrifice because we can't do it perfectly. But your, your, your kata is so wonderful, we're drinking it. And there's another lesson here. A moment's association with a pure devotee is more valuable than heaven or liberation. So that's another lesson here in this chapter. And the last part is Krishna's glories. So here we have Ganga coming down onto Lord Shiva's head, the lovely seat of Krishna. This water is purifying the whole world. And in the same way, Srimad Bhagavatam is purifying the world. So we learned two lessons here in this chapter. Anybody remember one? Yeah, association with pure body, even a second, even a moment, will give you uh, perfection, more valuable than heaven or liberation. And the second lesson we learn here. Good thoughts. Uh, good thoughts. Oh, yeah. oh, you will get the result. You will get the karma as if you did it. And bad thoughts, you will not get karma. Special concession for the age of Kali. So think good thoughts, think positively. These people, they're right. Positive thoughts are good. And you will get the result of positive thoughts. So think positively. So now part two, chapter 18. Creation insults Shamika. He's hungry and thirsty. He's not received. And he garlands the sage Shamika with a dead so when the son hears, he curses Parishit, you will die in seven days from snake bite. And in this way, Kali entered the kingdom of Parishit. Here we see Kali 
through this boy, through the Brahmins. The Brahmins caused the downfall of the Varnashram system. Starting with Shingi cursing creation. Then and his father found out, was he happy? No, he was lamenting. Shamika's lamentation here. The father heard from his son, the king cursed, and he said, Oh, what a sinful act you have done. And he prayed to the Lord, please forgive him. Please forgive my son. Okay. No message here. Chapter 19, uh, Appearance of Shri Goswami. So first, as soon as Pariksit hears, he renounces. And he said, I simply want to sit here and hear Krishna Kata like the Ganga River flows. He heard about the curse, he would be bitten. He said, very good, very nice. Now we can leave home and simply hear Krishna Kata. So here the sages surround Pariksha, all the great minds, all the great thinkers from all of the universe came down to be with Maharaj Pariksha, Naramuni, Yasudev, everybody. Everybody came, all the sages, to be with him. And he prayed, if I should take my birth again, um, I pray I would have complete attachment to Krishna, association with his devotees, and friendly relations with all living entities. Let's see if that is verse 16. Yeah, that's what he prayed. So the sages are surrounding him. Rishi's asking questions. That what is my duty now? I'm about to die. And Shukadev comes, and everybody stands up to receive him. The, he was being chased by women and children, making fun of him. But then all the sages give him respect and put him on the Vyasasana. Krishna is very happy. He offers obeisances. Shukadev's appearance, he looks very youthful. He's 16 years old. And the sages knew the art of physiognomy, so they honored him, arising from their seats. Krishna questions. Shukadev, please show me the way of perfection for all persons. What should I chant here, remember, and what I should not do? So the remaining 11 candles will be answered to these questions by Maharaj Krishna. So if anybody have any questions you can ask at this point. And we have a microphone, so raise your hand. Here, over here, in the front. Okay. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Um, often in the scriptures, there is certain sections which emphasize very heavily on the, on the detachment from the body and the sense certification. But in, uh, in the today's day and age, we, we are not that strong to perform those kind of austerities which were performed by the great uh, devotees in the previous ages. And we still need to maintain uh, uh, the body and soul together. And <laughs> so how do we draw the balance between what is detachment and what is required as a necessity for the body and soul? Well, Prabhupada has made it very easy. Detachment, I was just reading in a purport today, detachment means 
to follow the four regulative principles. You be detached from these four sinful activities. This is our austerity. This is what, where we show detachment. And uh, then on the positive side we chant Hare Krishna. In the age of Kali, the only vow, the only austerity is chanting the holy name Krishna. And we don't have to do, we cannot do the previous ages austerities, not possible. Vanaprastas is supposed to wear tree bark. We don't do that. You know, cannot. So, previous, all the rules, previous rules, sannyasis do not cross the ocean. Prabhupada broke that rule. Because it's Kali Yuga, you cannot follow all these rules. You cannot follow these rules. So yeah, very simple, it's been simplified for us. How to keep the balance, try to chant 16 rounds every day. That will give us protection. And that will help us gradually become detached uh, more and more. Now, the main detachment we should have is from these four sinful activities. Follow the four principles. That's the main austerity. Anybody else have a question? No. Yes. You said that Pandavas couldn't do their body to the spiritual world. Right. Do they reside in the same form of Pandavas in Goloka Vrindavan or they are different? They would not be in Goloka Vrindavan, but they would be, the Pandavas would be in uh, Dwarka and Hastinapur. There is a Dwarka in the spiritual world also. So part of Dwarka, part of that place is Hastinapur. So they would be in the Dwarka region, not in the Vrindavan region. I can't, what? Yeah, yeah so there, there's another, in the spiritual world there's Dwarka, so they would go to the Dwarka section and yes, everything is there that we saw here. Um, Hastinapur, as far as I understand, Hastinapur is there, and the Pandavas live in their eternal bodies there. Um, and Dwarka, yeah, it would be part of the Dwarka part of, of Goloka is divided, Vrindavan, Dwarka, and Mathura. Three, three parts, and four, Navadvi. Dwarka, Goloka is, but Vrindavan is one place, Navadvi is another. And then there's uh, Dwarka and Mathura. There's four divisions up there. And, but Vrindavan and Navadvip are together. They're together in one place. And Dwarka is another place, and Mathura is another place. So some devotees will go to Dwarka, some will go to Mathura, some will go to Vrindavan and Navadvip. And some will go to Ayodhya and be with Lord Ram. Those who worship Lord Ram will go to Ayodhya. There is Ram, there is Ayodhya in the spiritual world. Also Jagannath Puri. Is there a Jagannath Puri? Huh? Is there a Jagannath Puri in the spiritual world? Yes, Jagannath Puri is there too. It's eternal. It's eternal place. Any other questions?
Okay. We're early today. <laughs> we started early too. Yeah. We're very early. So, okay, we'll stop here. I'm going to shoot a call from Hare Krishna.